0: Ladies, and gentlemen, theys, and gays, this is The Real Pineapple. This is your humble host, Hunter, here. I've got a review here for the latest Jordan Peele offering. I hope you're having a great uh, week, weekend, whenever you're listening to this. But yeah, I've got a review for Nope. Of course, written, directed, produced by Mr. Jordan Peele. So, quick story before I get into uh, into what I thought of the film. I'm such a huge fan of Jordan Peele, but crazy, I had never seen Keenan Peele uh, up until I'd never seen a full episode of Keen Peel up until, ugh, God, maybe two years ago like in lockdown I think I watched my first full episode of Key and Peele and I was blown away and I was actually pretty sad because I realized damn I should have been watching this when this was live but you know streaming is awesome for that so you can go back and discover stuff the Chappelle show wounds were too fresh for me at the time so I didn't watch Key and Peel in, t- uh, in real time but oh my god that show is freaking amazing but it really is quite incredible how Jordan Peel's made this incredible ascent from you know I still remember Jordan Peel on uh, Dave Now. Nell- Greer's uh, Chocolate News back in, oh God, would that have been like 2002, 2003, something like that? I remember him being a correspondent on there. So, I mean, going from that, you know, to Keen Peel uh, or, or Matt TV in between there, he was on Matt TV for several seasons and that turned to a whole thing. But the fact he goes from Matt TV to Keen Peel to directing, writing, producing one of the greatest horror films of all time in Get Out, uh, I think following it up with an incredible uh, sophomore effort in us. And now uh, we're on film. Three with nope. So here's something I'm gonna get out of the way immediately. Uh, this is a uh, this is sitting around uh, sitting at an 81% on Rotten Tomatoes. And what I'll say about this movie is I I already know why people aren't gonna like this. It's as I was sitting in the theater, I went, God damn it! I can I can already hear the discourse on. I didn't like this. It didn't give me this. <laughs> like, I, I can already hear the shit. I haven't even gone on Twitter yet to see what people are saying about Nope, but I can, can already put a tweet together. But I already know why people are going to like this. But I'll get into that whole rant in just a moment. So, the movie, of course, stars uh, Daniel Kaluuya, or da- Daniel Alcoholic Drink, as I call him <laughs> often on the show. You, of course, know him from Get Out, which that's one of the best horror performances. I, I, I fucking love that performance. But you know him, of course, from uh, Get Out, Judas and the Black Blackman. Messiah, which he deserved his Oscar for. I was so happy he won that. Black Panther, Sicario, Queen and Slim, which I think is horribly underrated. And I haven't reviewed for the channel, but I need to. And uh, Widows, another movie that I have reviewed uh, that you should check out. I I fucking love Widows. And it stars someone who, it's kind of crazy how long her career uh, has been going on, because I've, you know, I still remember her from fucking uh, Aquila and the Bee, which is a great performance that I think people really do sleep on. Uh, Kiki Palmer is having a moment between, I haven't seen Alice yet, uh, I'm, I'm excited to see Alice at some point, between uh, uh, Hustlers, which she's incredible in, she does an incredible voice acting job as Izzy uh, in Lightyear, which I uh, have reviewed on the channel as well, uh, she's an incredible actress, it's it, it's crazy that she goes from, oh god, what was that show, uh, 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 True Jackson VP or something like that, it's crazy she goes from that show to where she is now, like I'm, I'm really happy for her. She is to stand out in this movie by far for me. But her and Kalua uh, have absolutely incredible chemistry. So she plays Emerald Haywood, and uh, Kalua plays OJ Haywood. They're uh, their brother and sister, obviously, and they own uh, they own a horse farm, uh, which was owned by their dad, uh, Otis Haywood, played by Keith Motherfucking David. I was so happy to see Keith David in here. I'm always happy to see Keith David. Uh, D- Keith David. He goes ahead and dies under these really. Insane circumstances, like his death, is fucking heartbreaking. And it's fucking brutal too. So they go ahead and inherit the farm, and so basically we find out that there are oh god. I, okay, so for the record, I'm gonna dance around quite a few spoilers here. I'm gonna be very vague because I really do want people to try and kind of discover this, uh you know, discover things about this movie for themselves. But what I'll say is that there is an entity, an entity out there that they are going, they are going against, and so they want to go ahead and basically capture this entity on camera so that they can go ahead and get famous and you know horse farm and everything so what's interesting about that is that that is a very I think a very beautifully detailed mirror as far as how we live in the TMZ, you know, really shock media age that we're that we're in. You know, you think about something like TikTok or the fact that 90, like 90% of phones have cameras where you can go ahead and capture, you know, capture things and go ahead and, you know, record yourself, record other people. It's never been easier to people watch than it is now. But this movie, one reason that people are really gonna not like this, and I was, you know, talking about this earlier and that's about as much plot as I can get into without spoiling too much. One of the things that people are going to not like about this is that the plot itself is very straightforward. The plot itself really, it is what I told you. It's about, uh, you know, the the siblings wanting to go ahead and capture uh, this entity on film to become famous. If you want to boil the plot down just that simply, you very easily could. However, if you do that, I think you're robbing yourself in, of an incredible cinematic experience. because much like in the other two Jordan Peele films. This film has a lot to say, but this is the one that gives you, that spoon feeds you the least. So I, for example, when I went, so I saw this tonight, so at the five o'clock showing, and our theater was like 75% full, but, There were people far, most people on the front. Uh, I was kind of off on my own, but there was a group of people behind me and they were on their phones the whole time. They were, they they looked like they could have been, they were like 18, 19. This, out of all Jordan Peele's films, and and I really cannot stress this enough, you need to be paying attention. This is not a movie that you're looking at your phone at. You can kind of look up on occasion and still, you know, grasp the full gravity and go ahead and actually get the richest experience. You do need to be paying attention when you're watching. This and I think you really are robbing yourself of an incredible cinematic experience. Really give this movie your attention. I, I the film more than earns that. So a couple things I will talk about is they do go ahead and end up becoming friends with this guy, um uh Angel, who's played by ba- uh, Brendan uh, Perry, that's what I'm gonna go with. He plays Angel and he works at Fries, which, if you're not from the Texas area, I think they're back east too. When I lived in Austin, we we had a couple fries, uh, like Fries Electric they were kind of like a almost like a Costco vert, like a Radio Shack almost like Costco more like a Best Buy there you go they, they no longer exist they actually went under so seeing fries was kind of a trip and it kind of made me sad honestly I was like damn I actually I actually liked fries they go ahead and list his help with installing these special cameras that they want to go ahead and have to go ahead and try and capture this in, uh, entity on film and he goes ahead and Installs everything for him, and he uh, they find out that he's interested, you know, more than just setting up their cameras. He wants to help them out with capturing this uh, this deity on film, and so they go ahead and all start working together. And I'll say, for me, seeing the way their camaraderie works uh, was something that became quite a bit of fun. They all bounce off each other really well. It's really interesting. I think Peel makes a very bold choice in that. Uh, O.J., uh, again, played by Daniel uh, Klua. it's pretty funny, actually, now that I think about it, I can say this, but early on in the film, like, really early on, five, first five minutes, uh, he's on a job, and he's, you know, positioning the horse and everything, and uh, Donna Mills plays Bonnie Clayton, who's the actress who's supposed to, like, ride the horse, and... He's just so fucking depressed, and it's like it's kind of funny, but also you understand that you know he lost his dad six months ago, and he's fucking hurting. He's working through it, and these these white folk just aren't listening to it. And you can just see him getting more and more pissed off, just like God damn it! Like list, like fucking listen to me. And it's really interesting how. Uh, Emerald goes ahead and comes onto the scene, and she's very much the lively one. That's one reason why uh, Kiki Palmer really does steal this movie. She has this just infectious energy as soon as she comes in the frame, and you go, okay, she's really swinging from the fences, even from her first scene. But you can also tell that there's some tension between the two of them, and I really like the way that that relationship evolves because, you know, this movie at points feels like it's talking about not just sibling relationships, but specifically you know black uh black family dynamic the way that um she emerald has some some anger uh towards her dad as she's working through his death uh, through his death you can you can feel she's like she shares this one uh, story about one of the horses in the movie and she talks about how you know that was supposed to be my horse and you know, he wasn't. There's a whole backstory there that I went. I really appreciate the scene. It's it, it's it's you know it's a one-off scene, it feels like, but as the relationship evolves and we see them interact more, you go, okay, there really is a lot of, of anger behind her eyes, like behind her demeanor. You know, she's working through what OJ's working through, but in her own way. And they have a couple times where they do blow up at each other. That I went, damn. Okay, they're like, like it, it's pretty intense at points. Their um, their frustration with each other. Um, one thing I will say about the whole entity itself, uh, the way it's filmed in particular, you think it's going to look one way because I I think most people are aware of what I'm <laughs> what I'm referring to, but you're expecting this thing to look a certain way and it doesn't. It, it's actually shockingly simple. Uh, very much kind of in that. 60s sort of vibe, which I which I love. I went, oh, I love that aesthetic. Uh, another thing I will say about the film uh, in particular, because I, this was something that I was not prepared for and I, and I really do mean this. I can't remember the last time I saw scenes at night look like this and look this horrifying, and yet it's like hauntingly beautiful all the way through. And just the more I watched it, I went, man, I'm just... I'm loving the way this is fucking shot. Uh, there are po- there's this one shot, and I and I wish I could get a poster of this of of uh, OJ and one of their horses, and they're looking out towards the towards the mountains on you know on the farm and everything. And they're like in his uh, uh like in his uh, stable outside, and they look out to the to the night sky, and it's one of these shots I went. I want to frame this. Like, it's so fucking beautiful. Uh, The cinematographer on this movie, uh, 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 Hoyt Van uh, uh, Hotima is the one I'm going to go with. I don't know what they've actually... Oh, wow, so they were a cinematographer on Dun, on uh, on Dunkirk, or the uh, director of photography on Dunkirk. Uh, they were the cinematographer on Tenet, which I fucking hate Tenet, but it does look pretty, I will say that. But uh, bravo, sir. It, this movie looks fucking incredible, and it really does feel, just on that front alone, like an achievement for Jordan Peele and this guy. They... they it, it looks fantastic. If if anything else, it looks fantastic. Um, as far uh, as far as the movie itself, it's broken up into chapters based on the horse, and I found that. To be a very interesting, but a pretty clever choice. I went okay. I really, I really like that. It, it's a very subtle thing in the way that the film is staged and the way it progresses. It actually makes sense that they go ahead and do it, uh, do it in that fashion. And it was something that I didn't know that I really wanted, but it's something that works shockingly well. One thing that this film does also. Uh, Pretty early on, we get the whole story of how the first, like, two-second frame was uh, done by a Black person, uh, by a person of color. It's one of those things where <laughs> where the studio they're working with very much waves it off, just like, you know, like, basically, like, train the horse, Negro. That's what we need you for. It, and, it, and it's done in such a dismissive way that I laughed, but not like, ha laugh, but like, you sons of bitches. And it's one of those things that I think Jordan Peele, actually, I would bet money. Uh, Jordan Peele is definitely one of those directors where, you know, he lays things out. Maybe he'll spoon feed us more than, you know, more more times than not, but this is one of those movies where it feels like he is completely okay with people to really draw their conclusions from what they see, what the references they get, and how they view the film, which is, I think, which is one of the things I think is going to drive people insane, that there aren't more definitive things at points. And, but I like that because that leaves room for interpretation. I, I I've used this example before, but one of the thing the thing that drove me fucking nuts in uh, in Hawkeye was when uh, Clint has that whole fight with uh, Yelena. If you haven't watched the show by now, you should have. I, I I don't care. But <laughs> but when she's about to kill him, Hawkeye you know does the whole whistle doesn't. Uh, does the whistle that Bla- uh, Natasha used to do. And Yelena, you know, freezes in her steps and he goes, Nat's whistle. And I just went, motherfucker, we know. Like, I don't need you to fucking spoon feed me. You need to trust your audience at some point. And that's something that I believe that Peele is really content to do early on and let people discover what they want to discover, uh, discover from his films, you know, and just be able to discuss it. But I think that's something that's going to really start to, Irritate, hopefully, a small section of the general public is that he's not going to be spoon feeding his audience. He's going to trust his audience to find the clues and make their own and draw their own conclusions. And I love that about Peel. And there's so much of that in this movie. One thing I will say is there's a point where OJ is running from this entity earlier on in the film, or not even earlier on in the film, but the fact that they're, you know, they're horse trainers for, uh, you know, stunt people for studios. The fact of the matter is, you know, they're the ones who are doing a lot of the hard work, but they're not, you know, the starring actors or actresses, so they're not getting the credit. And there's this really cool sequence where O.J. is riding a horse being chased by this entity. And the fact that it says crew on the back of his sweatshirt and the sweatshirt for which the movie is from is fucking hilarious. So I won't spoil it here. But the fact that he's doing this big action heavy thing while being you know just a quote crew member it's it's one of those things you go okay movie like i'm picking up what you're putting down and there are just multiple sequences like that where i believe the film is laying out its message and i think i just think a lot of the general audience is going to miss this shit and that and that's what frustrates me is because i i know people are going to miss this and go oh the movie's not plot heavy it's not saying anything it's like no it is saying shit you're just not paying attention uh the last thing i will say that that i love that it does bring up is uh uh, steven yin's character he i don't want to get too much into uh, into his uh into his thing, but he plays uh Ricky Park. Basically, he's a child star who goes ahead and finds a way to make money off this entity. And I'll just leave it at that. But when you find out his whole deal and his origin, it really speaks to again to the TMZ media circus that we all in a weird way participate in, whether it's through you know social media or or you know just sharing things. But the way that he's able to exploit the media and exploit grief really speaks to the end endless you know news cycle that we have where we've I think as a society I mean fuck look at school shootings we've just become so desensitized to tragedy and we just go oh this is just kind of part of the world it's just the way it is which is such a such a fucking insane way to look at it but the movie does speak to that it's kind of crazy that Peel goes there and there's a couple instances where you go oh shit okay I I damn all right there are going to be people who i think as these messages start to come out and as the film gets broken down and dissected more and more i think people are going to be uncomfortable with a lot of things that this film is saying because peels a 1000% correct we i mean we consume media at such an insane rate i was talking to someone on uh, on twitch the other night about that about how we just consume media so fast. Like, I. There are so many things that I've probably watched that I've just never sat down and reviewed. And there's so much stuff that I want to review, but I just don't have the time to sit down and watch every single fucking thing. I, I'm gonna. I still haven't finished Stranger Things yet. I want to finish Stranger Things, but I haven't had a chance to. So there's just, there's so much media and the way we consume it now is easier than ever, which is wonderful and terrifying when you think about it. And this movie just has so much to say in general. Um, I, I won't go too much into anything else. Because again, I, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll bring up one more thing. The, the way that, you know, people color, you know, this, you know, these, uh, these horse trainers, the way they go ahead and... Their history is just so dismissed. You know, when you think about how the multiple, you know, attempts to go ahead and, like, just move slavery from classrooms. That's the thing that's happening right now. Like, we don't, <laughs> we're so uncomfortable with fuck, with our own history. We don't even want to talk about fucking slavery. And this film, you know, early on does talk about how you know, uh, black history can just be erased. But not just black history, but history in general. Just we don't want to talk about anything uncomfortable. And this movie is going to make people uncomfortable the more it's talked about. And... I would really encourage you, if you're feeling uncomfortable with some of the messages that might come out uh, from other people viewing this film, you might learn something. Listen to people on that. It actually might. It's actually good for you. We learn when we're uncomfortable. And getting my final thoughts here, I thought Peele did an excellent job with this. I liked this as much as I liked us. And I dug Us quite a bit. I think I gave that an A. But this is something I definitely look forward to re-watching. I just realized that I wish every movie I saw in a theater had fucking subtitles. I love subtitles so much. I'm very sad <laughs> that theaters don't have them. But I-, I dug this so much. It might be something that gets higher on my list uh, the more I think about it. This would crack my top 10 right now. I I dug the hell off Nope. So this is a solid A for me. I, I really dug this and I'm looking forward to seeing it again and definitely looking forward to buying it. Cause this is a day one buy for sure for me, but yeah, nope. What did you think of it? Uh, you can follow yours truly on the Twitter at Jay Hunter Real Pineapple. You can follow us on Facebook at The Real Pineapple. That's R-E-E-L, Pineapple, and Real Pineapple Games. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. You can find us on SoundCloud, Apple Google Podcasts, Podbean, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio, Spotify, Amazon Music, and TuneUp, and Spotify, or uh, Samsung Podcasts, at The Real Pineapple. And you can follow me on Letterboxd at Black Shazam. And you can follow me on Twitch at twitch.tv slash pineapple. That, again, is R-E-E-L, pineapple. And you can follow me on TikTok at blackshazam775. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. We're going to have a breakdown this weekend for comic-con we're gonna be talking about all the big announcements i'm really excited to sit down saturday morning and watch some comic-con stuff but uh I'm, I'm so excited for comic-con i'm so excited for comic-con but everyone thank you so much for listening stay safe out there wear a mask get your booster tell someone tell someone you love them today we all need to hear some more uh, compliments in the world but stay safe everyone thank you again for your support and we'll talk to you soon